everyone. Welcome to a weekday devotion. This is Pastor Daniel, and this week we're going to be continuing going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're in chapter 1 this week and on into chapter 2. Uh, today we'll be starting by looking at chapter 1, verses 26 and 20, uh, yeah, just verse 26 actually. So uh, let's just read that together, and then we'll kind of bring up to speed where we are and talk about this one verse. So Paul writes this, verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. So in our context here, Paul's been talking about the divisions that exist in the church of Corinth. And so last week we looked at how he talked about, you know, some say you follow Paul, some say you follow Paulus, some say you follow Peter, some say you follow Christ. And we talked about the divisions based on the kind of the competitive spirit that existed. And then he went on, though, to kind of put everybody on the level playing field. And he talks about how that the word of the cross, the gospel, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And then he began to look at who is the wise Versus who is it that God reveals things to? And so it kind of, you know, makes it sound like that the, and it's true that the wisdom of God is incredible. That, and the, even the foolishness of God, if there, there's not really such a thing, but it's wiser than men. And the weakness of God, of course, he's never weak, but it's stronger than the strongest of men. So he did this whole comparison between us and our human wisdom, which is far shorter than the greatness of God. But now he's kind of making a transition to us as believers, to the church at Corinth, and also us, again, just to remind us of who we are and why we're saved. So that's what he says, consider your calling, brothers. Now, this word calling is very interesting. Um, It's from the Greek word klesin, um, and it it refers to not just like an invitation. It's much stronger than that. This is a like a legal court summoning. This is like a subpoena. This is a summons. And so here the calling that we have is a summoning. It's a legal summons to follow Christ, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to be a part of the family of God. And so here Paul said, hey, consider your summoning. Consider your uh, subpoena, if you will. And so that's what he's called. That's what these believers in Corinth and now us were, were commanded here to consider, to ponder on, to think through this calling. Here, calling does not refer to our vocation. Uh, it does not refer to just things we're good at. This is specifically that effectual calling to follow Jesus to which we all responded uh, by saying yes to the gospel. So that's the calling that Paul is commanding us to consider here. And he goes on to think about this. Not many of you are wise according to the worldly standards. God didn't save us because we're wise. I know I've actually talked to some people who you know, kind of try to take credit for their salvation by uh, saying comments like, you know, I finally figured this all out. Or it finally... I finally made sense of it all. And they put themselves in the subjects of sentences as if they did this. But, you know, I'm, re- I'm reminded of what Jesus says to the Apostle Peter uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, when Jesus has asked the disciples a question, who, who do people say that I am? You know, and they, they responded to Jesus by saying, well, you know, some people say you're John the Baptist, kind of come back to life, or some say you're like Elijah, come back to life. And um, But then Jesus kind of asked them, and the, he asked, hey, who, who do you all say that I am? And Peter's the one that responds, and Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And do you remember what Jesus said to him there? He didn't say Jesus, I mean, he didn't say, Peter, you're, you're brilliant, you figured it out. He didn't say that. What did he say? 
He said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. God had revealed that truth to Peter. So here, when when Paul reminds us of our calling, saying, look, how many of you were wise? Not, not many of us were wise. We, we, didn't, we don't just figure this out. It's not like we woke up one day and said, hey, you know what? I finally figured it out. Jesus really is the Son of God. It doesn't work like that. It is revealed to us. It is part of this calling, this effectual calling that Paul is reminding us to consider. We don't figure it out because we're wise. And secondly, he kind of says something similarly. We don't, he, God doesn't save us because we're powerful. It's not like that God looks and goes, oh, wow, man, that is a powerful person right there. I want them on my team. It's not the way it works. It's just not like picking kickball teams out in the school rec yard, you know, and uh, you know, <laughs> which can leave leave there be some problems when the kids that are picked last. It's you know not no fun. Uh, it's not the way this works. This isn't who's the most popular, the most athletic, or the most uh, the first one, the most wise. It's not. It's not the way it works. This is done by God. This is done by God for God for the glory of God. And so we're not chosen by God. We are not. Um, saved by God because we're wise or because we are powerful. And third, he said, also says, is, now how many of you are noble birth? It doesn't matter who our parents are. And so this, this was probably some of the thinking in this competitive Corinthian church. You know, maybe some of them were already thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm born a Roman citizen. I'm born in the aristocracy. That's why God has saved me. He wants the aristocratic, financially well-off people as part of his church so he can do, get more accomplished. Or uh, I'm wise. I've studied philosophy. I know I know these things. So maybe God shows me that. Or powerful. I'm a powerful Roman politician or senator or publican. But that's not the way it works. And so this is what Paul is saying. Look, consider your calling. Why does Jesus save us? He doesn't save us because he looked at us and went, "Wow." That's not at all why he saved us. And that's what we're going to kind of get into more tomorrow on the next day is God didn't save us because we deserve it or we somehow merited it or we somehow um, convinced him that we are worthy of it. None of those truths, they're not truths. None of those applauded the truth because they're not the truth. God saves us purely for his own glory. And so we're going to get into that in the next coming days. But even after we're saved, we kind of carry some of that thought process into our walk with Jesus, don't we? Sometimes we say, well, gosh, I really want God to to bless me in this, or I really want God to help me find that perfect someone so that I can get married. So let me start let me start living for him and doing things for him. So because I do stuff for him, maybe he'll do something for me. Kind of a, I do this, you kind of owe me, God. And even though we would never say we believe that, we sure think like that and act like that a lot. But that's just not the truth. So how are you trying, as you are a believer in Jesus, how are you trying to continue to walk in Jesus? Are you now kind of in this performance-based mentality to where, well, you know, I got to pray hard for Jesus to love me. I got to I got to read more scriptures for him to be pleased with me. Um, I've got to serve more for him to be pleased with me. You know, it's this performance-based concept. It really has no place in our Christianity. Jesus does not bless us because of our performance. He blesses us because he loves us. He blesses us for his own glory's sake. Now, it is true, you know, that if we love him and seek to honor him, yeah, I mean, there's blessing there because that's just the way it is. The more you honor Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. And there's blessing in that. 
But we don't do things for Jesus in order to get things from Jesus. That's not the way it works. He's not a vending machine that we just put the right combination of good works or prayers in and push the button for what we want. He's not a genie here to answer our wishes. He's the king and the master and lord of the universe. We're here to serve and to honor him in all that we do. Not because he owes us, because we owe him. And we owe him huge. I pray you walk tightly with Jesus today. I'll talk to you tomorrow.